we go with the latest SBL shoot around. We take a look at everything from the men's competition with a man who's created a remarkable coaching legacy after a 200-game playing career. Ben Etridge joins Chris Wright to bring you another men's SBL shoot around. Hello and welcome to another episode of SBL Shootaround. And right now, we've got two weeks to go until a massive finals weekend in the West Coast Classic. So teams are putting their hands up to play finals. We've had some exciting results once again right across the board in round seven of the West Coast Classic. Some huge individual games once again and some surprising results. We've seen seen some teams put themselves right in the mix, including the, the Perth Redbacks are now on a hot winning streak. So are the Warwick Senators. And then we've still got teams like the Goldfields Giants, the Willington Tigers, and the Lakeside Lightning trying to break into the top four. The Junior Light Wolves hanging hanging on in there. And we've got some teams that might not be in the finals contention, but they can certainly cause some upsets now over the last couple of weeks to make things interesting as well. And also a very special edition of SBL Shootaround this week where myself and my co-host will be will be acting as a coach of the two all-star teams that we'll select and we'll put together our squads and and put together a game over the next week and come back next week with some some results as who has won the game so so we'll look out for that on this week's episode and also we've got a very special guest he is already an all-time great of the SBL. He's still playing. He might only still be halfway through his career, but he's already reached legendary status. So very much looking forward to our guest this week as well. That's all from me to start with. I'm Chris Pike, the man with all of the, the knowledge that you want to tap into. Ben Etridge, thanks for joining me once again. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. It's getting down to the business end of the, the West Coast Classic, and we've seen uh, what we thought was pretty much a settled top four a couple of weeks ago turn into a, uh, a bit of a logjam now in ball fighting for that sort of fourth position. So um, really interesting how the next two weeks is going to pan out. And, and as we hit that final series, it'll be a, uh, an absolute some cracking weekends of basketball. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think I think right now probably only the Warwick Senators are guaranteed of playing in that in the in that finals weekend. They they've now won nine games in a row and and have only lost one game for the season. But you look at the Hawks; they've lost two games, and then you've got the Redbacks have lost three. The Wolves have lost three. The Lightning have lost three. So they're all right in the hunt for that for that second, third, and fourth spot. And I still wouldn't be quite ruling out the Tigers or the Giants who have lost who have lost four games. And and the Giants are are now winning away from home as well. And and the Tigers missed a golden chance against the Senators on on Friday night. But to have two weeks to go and seven teams all still capable of making finals, that's a that's a pretty good result. And as we're seeing, the teams that probably have maintained their their lineups and their mm. their um, their goals or the way they finished sort of last season, uh, Red uh, Senators and, and the Hawks have sort of separated themselves a little bit. Redbacks, as we sort of knew, once CJ got his uh, troops under under his command and, and doing playing the game how he wanted after some early season setbacks have really found their form and yep. um, you know those those middle of the road packs that might have had people coming in and out not as they settled Lakeside and, and Willerton. Uh, and Joondalup sort of, you know, re- sort of really now starting to put the pressure on themselves and, and yeah, the, the up-and-comers, Goldfields and the, and the Flames, really sort of challenging those top six guys ahead of them. Mm. So, again, really interesting and, and great to see. It's what we want. It's what the, the West Coast Classic is. it was here for, to, to give us some good basketball and 
and we've been blessed with that. Before we talk a bit more about about all all of that, Ben, um, our special guest for this week, he, he he's a legend already in the SBL, and he was always going to be a, a, a favourite son of the Coburn Cougars just because of his his family history at the club. He's gone on to be one of the great players over the last ten years. I first met him when he was a development player at the Wildcats, and have followed his whole career at the Cougars as well. And he's a he's a, he's just as good a person off the court as he is a player on the court, but. After all the years of you coaching against him, are you looking forward to speaking to our to our special guest, Gavin Field? Oh, immensely. Gav's someone that has sort of put his, his footprint on this league from the moment he stepped into it after his time away at college. And, you know, he, if he walked into a room, you wouldn't think that he's one of the, the greatest <laughs> players that the SBL has, has produced. Again, very unassuming, very humble. You know, and he's one of those guys that got every ounce of uh, ability out of, his, out of his body. And he's had a couple of, you know, terrible injuries that, yeah. that might have set him back. But look, you know, when you're talking about all-time great scorers in this league, as we spoke to Charlie about, um, Gav Field is, is one of those guys. Uh, anytime Gavin Field laces them up and um, steps out on court, the the team he's going with is, is going to have a good chance at uh, at winning. So, yeah, really looking forward to having a chat to Gav and what he's got out of the West Coast Classic and, and his journey and, and you know, where he sees himself going in the next sort of five or so mm. years in the league and is is as exciting at the moment down there with that wealth of talent that uh, the, the Cougars are, are bringing through. It's fair to say when I was given the job of coaching the South team, for our all-star game he was the first one picked i don't have any any problems saying saying that i think that's pretty obvious you know what he reminds me of the sbl version of larry bird both both physic physically you were just you look at him and he doesn't look like a basketball player he steps onto the court and he's the best player out there yeah i think that's a, a very very good comparison you know he's got all the tricks in the book he's got all the flip shots he's a bit like andrew gaze he's, he's grown mm-hmm. up in that coburn stadium uh, his whole life and he's probably had a ball in his hand from the moment he could hold on to one so you know he's uh, a, a true legend of the game and a, and a true gentleman of the game and um, hopefully we'll, we've got him around for a, a few more seasons to come yeah let's hope so looking forward to speaking to Gavin Field later on on SBL Shootaround a couple of things from the weekend I wanted to touch on Ben you had two games with the Calamander Eastern Suns Firstly, I wanted to get your thoughts on what you thought of the Warwick Senators on on Saturday night. You've you've tipped them to win win this championship when we've done our predictions. Are you seeing anything to, to change your mind at the moment? Not at all. Uh, we we rocked up to the game and we saw that Wani was in street clothes. Hmm. Uh, we saw that uh, Corbin Rowe was yep. in street clothes. We were advised that uh, Manyang and, and React were were at a wedding and, and unavailable and. Actually, actually kind of oh, just, just on Ali React, he's gone back to college, so we won't he see has him again. Gone. Okay, yep. so there you go. So Man Yang's at a wedding, uh, React's gone. Uh, we sort of looked at each other, and for a fleeting second, we almost thought we, we maybe had a bit more of a chance, And mm. uh, but the, you know, their depth and their, the way they play together um, soon came to the forefront. Um, the boys fought hard from our side, but um, just that depth that they've, they've got, and then they bring in you know Ethan Elliott, who, mm-hmm. who torched us in his time on the floor as well. They've they've definitely uh, found something pretty special there. And I think going uh, speaking to their assistant coach Peter Feast before the game, um, you know they're they're primed and ready, and they're they're going to give this West Coast Classic Championship a, a red hot crack. Peter's getting plenty of airtime here on SBL Shoot Around, so good good luck to him. Um, I saw the centers on on Friday night as well, and and the way they pulled themselves out of trouble against Willington was was really impressive. Corbin did play that game, so did Wani, so maybe they they were only scheduled to play the one game for the weekend. Um, 
you, you then backed up on Sunday to play Rockingham, and it was an entertaining game. I really enjoyed the game, and in the end, it was probably the experience and quality of Jackson Hussey and Ryan Godfrey that took the game away from you at the Suns. But an eventful day, we saw two spectators chucked out of the building by the referees. I I can't recall seeing that in a, at a SBL or West Coast Classic game before. Yeah, it was very surprising. Um, again, I sitting there watching the game and listening to the you know the crowd. It wasn't a huge crowd, and mm. um, definitely didn't hear um, constant abuse of the referees. No, I, I couldn't hear anything either of the either of the two guys said. Yeah, look, you know, just sometimes it doesn't have to be anything. It just has to be. It could even be something muttered under your breath that mm. um, the right person or wrong person hears at the right time and. Um, just a really, really strange atmosphere. Kind of really took the air out of the crowd on a Father's yeah, Day to yeah. see a, uh, a, a basically a dad walking his two daughters back from the canteen be be thrown from the ga- from the game. Um, look, you know, we don't want to see that. We definitely don't condone people abusing referees who are there uh, making the game happen. But hmm. um, yeah, maybe you know, cooler heads could have prevailed from both sides, and and you know, we we get to have a uh, enjoyable Father's Day for everyone, but not the case. What did you make of the game aside from that? Was that a an improved performance from your from your sons, even though you, you didn't quite get the win? Yeah, look, the the boys are always improving, and every chance we get to go out and play, it's another time to do that. And the Flames were were very good. Brian Godfrey, mm. um, you know, hit six threes and hit five yeah. of them in the first half, and he hit four in a row. So. You know, the class of someone like him stands up. Travis Dernan um, looks to have, as I've said uh, for a few weeks now, looks to have really found his groove and looks to be enjoying basketball and, and playing some good basketball. And, and Jackson Hussey is um, on, on route to, to challenge for the MVP of this competition. And those those three were probably, you know, just a, a level above um, our best three. And that's, that's that learning experience. Um, that's what the West Coast... Classic is offering to, to everyone is that ability to, to go out and, and play hard and, and play against people that are a bit better than you or if you are in that, that situation where the Flames guys are to really put your your dominance on, onto a game and, and, and do those things that have made you successful um, in the past. A couple of more games I wanted to mention quickly now. Obviously, we'll go through them in more detail in our second segment. But as I touched on before, Wilson at home to Warwick on Friday night. They they were looking brilliant halfway through the third quarter. They were up by 12. Damien Scott had just pulled off a steal, given it off to Lewis Thomas. He threw down a dunk, and, and the Tigers had all the momentum in the world. But... Remarkably, from that point on, the Senators dominated the game and ended up ended up winning by winning by 13, 13 points, and and that could be the game that ends up now costing Willerton a spot in the top four. They were on fire up up until up until then, but now they're they're still they're still six and four with only two games to go. So I think they're going to struggle to sneak in. And also on the same night, Lakeside Lightning lost a close one to 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 East Perth, and as a result, they're still outside the top four as well. I think in three weeks' time. If Willerton and Lakeside miss out on the on the finals, they'll be looking at, at those two Friday night games. Yeah, and I've sort of had a bit of a look at the the run home, and you know the way it sort of breaks. Um, I would say that the the Tigers of those next three, sort of the Wolves, Lightning, and then Tigers, the Tigers have probably got the easiest run home. Uh, you know, Lakeside play the Wolves, Senators, and the Redbacks. There's mm-hmm. three teams that are all above them currently. Um, Wolves then play, so they play Lakeside, but then they've got Slammers and the Tigers. Um, mm. The Tigers have got the Bucks, Cougars, and then the Wolves in that yeah. last game. So I, I think if the the Tigers can get the next two, yep. um, 
Wolves, if they you know lose to Lakeside and and then beat the Slammers, that that last game between the Tigers and the Wolves could mm. very well determine um, that fourth spot. You would assume that um, Senators uh, Lakeside, you know, they have a tough one against Wolves. Maybe lose to Senators. Maybe lose you know, that that yeah. last uh, that last weekend. We could see that that last game being the the one that determines who gets that fourth spot. So um, very interesting. And and again, the Tigers um, with Damien Scott. He's he's pulled a pulled a few out of the bag. Um, mm. And and if you're within sort of you know three three to five points. Um, you know, Damien Scott's delivered this this season, so definitely not over for them, and a, and a lot closer um, for than, than we're looking at. They're sitting in sixth, um, you know, really, they they could be sitting in fourth in, in, yeah, in two absolutely. weeks' time. And, and looking ahead to that last round, we've also got the Redbacks and the Lightning that play each other, and that could be an elimination game as well. So that that final round's going to be something something pretty special to, to look forward to. But one more thing I wanted to touch on before we got to our. All-Star game here, Ben, was another exciting debutant we saw for the Prairie Lakes Hawks when they made the trip up to Geraldton on the weekend. We've talked a lot about the 15-year-old of the Senators, Ethan Elliott, but they, they debuted Keegan Phillips, and he had an unbelievable game. 18 points, hit four or five from three-point territory. Um, Gee, this th- this is this is the sort of thing that's making the West Coast Classic so exciting for these these young guys to not only get a chance but to be grabbing the chances excitingly that they they are getting. Yeah, it's excellent to see. Um, just another uh, an under 18s guy that's come through the Perry Lakes Hawks program and um, gets plugged into a to a game that you know few people might look at and say it doesn't mean a lot, but for someone playing their first SBL game, it means a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. It means a lot to them, it means a lot to their family, it means a lot to their club. So to see the young fella go out and, and do that in his first game, you know, that that's just great. And again, those are the sorts of opportunities that the West Coast Classic is affording us. Um, you know, in a normal SBL season, we probably wouldn't see that. If the Bucks are at full strength and we're at the midway point of the season, uh, I don't think Matt Parsons is chucking in an, an under-18s kid and giving him that license. So, or even though he, he did what he did in, in 14 minutes, so 18 yeah. points in 14 minutes is a, is a huge return. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just great to see, and and we're seeing that all across the West Coast Classic as teams sort of give their their younger guys a, a chance to to flourish. Yeah, for sure. Looking forward to seeing what you think of him on on this Friday night too, when when you take on the the Perry Lakes Hawks. So, so that'll be something you can you can report back to us next week, Ben. Done. Now, it's time for our all-star teams announcement here on SBL Shootaround. Um, it's been a great concept in recent years that the SBL has set up the all-star game. It's been, they've tried different ways of doing it with the locals against the imports. You've had the north against south. But I think from, from our point of view here especially, I don't think there's enough imports in the league to do it, an import against a, a locals team. So we're going to do it south against north. And you've designated that I'll be the coach of the team from the, the teams of the of the in, in the in the south area, so that means I'll be in charge of players that include the Lakeside Lightning, Wilton Tigers, the the Goldfields Giants, Rockingham Flames, Coburn Cougars, the Southwest Slammers, and the Mandurah Magic. And you'll have the Warwick Senators, the Perry Lakes Hawks, the Perth Redback, the Joondalup Wolves. So you've got all the top four teams right now. And then you'll also have the Geraldton Buccaneers, the East Perth Eagles, and the Calamander Eastern Suns. So Really excited about this. So to put my coaching medal up against one of the all-time greats is probably going to be a, a big test for me, but 
I've got some pretty good players on my side, which will help. Um, it's nice to come up with some of these ideas. We've our ultimate SBL champion winning team was a fantastic idea. A couple of the other things we've done on this show have been a lot of fun, and I expect this to be a, a good experience too, Ben. And I think it's you know we we are at that you know traditionally would be the the halfway point of the season when these mm. these teams are picked, and we've got a pretty good sample size, and uh, we've sort of taken into account. You know that guys that have sort of missed some games and and that sort of thing, and also you know try to pick um, the players in their true position. So mm-hmm. I know when we did our our all star five, we sort of let people sort of slide around to pick the best five. Yeah. But in this one, I think we've sort of stayed a bit truer to the game and and picked um you know on on performances in the spot that guys are truly playing. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, excited to see who you've come up with. Um, mm. I think my team pretty well balanced and I've tried to make sure that, you know, I've rewarded guys that have played the majority of the games or at least um, committed to that. Um, and then also, you know, some pretty good individual performances that um, might've slipped through the cracks in, in past years when it was sort of left to the, um, to the fan voting mm. as opposed to um, you know, a coach's eye being cast over it. But as you know, these things are a bit of fun and we want to put on a show, so hopefully mm. we pick some teams that can do that. Yeah, let's hope so. To be honest, my, my starting five almost picked itself, and I think you'll see why when I when I read it out to you. But then the other seven players I've got on the bench, that was really tough because I probably legitimately was choosing between 20 different players that could have could have made my team. So it wasn't an easy task, but I'm pretty happy with the 12 that I've, I've ended up with, even though when I have a look at the standings and I consider that you're picking your teams out of all, all of the top four clubs right now, my, my fellas might have to pick up their game. So I don't know how you want to announce this. Do you want to start with your, your starting five, first of all? Yeah, sure. I'll go with my starting five. And look, I think it's also important to remember I've got you know the, the teams that are in more of the development phase as well, the, the Eagles, um, the Bucks, and, and Kalamunda that are yeah. on my side yeah. of the draw as well. So I think it sort of evens itself out a little bit. I think so, so. yeah. Um, but for me... Um, my point guard, um, and he's played this position all, all year for, for uh, the Wannery Wolves, is um, is Lachlan Cummings. Um, 22 points a game, six and a half rebounds and four assists is, is an outstanding return from your point guard. Um, my shooting guard is Justin King. Yeah, he's leading the league in scoring, you know, seven rebounds and three assists. Uh, having seen him firsthand on the weekend, Justin King is just doing what he, what he does and, and score the basketball. Um, at small forward, Shaq Maharaj taking the league by storm. Um, after a, a year or a few years in Canada playing college. Um, again, a guy that's um, just hard work and, and really, really fits the SBL. Um, power forward for me, um, probably the best stretch four in the league at the moment is Caleb Davis. 18 points a game and, and still 9.3 rebounds a game is a, is a huge return for you. A guy that spends most of his time on the perimeter um, and at centre, one of the few guys to be averaging a, a 20 point and, and 10 rebound game this this season is, is Lee Robert. Um, so that was my my team. I think it's fairly well balanced. Um, I like the amount of three point shooting that I can mm. put on the floor. Um, and I think you know that, that those wings of Justin King and, and Shaq Maharaj are, are a handful for anyone. Yeah, that that will be a handful for my for my team. So my my starting five, I've got. Jackson Hussey as my point guard, Damian Scott as my two guard, Gavin Field as my as my small forward. As you can see, I think they've pretty much picked themselves. I don't think there's been any surprises yet for you for you, Ben. Um, in my four spot, I've gone Majir Garang from the one half of the Twin Towers of the Goldfields Giants, and then I've kept them together. So in the five spot, I've got Mayo Malik also from the Goldfields Giants. Yeah, very good team. And look, I was only thinking about this the other day. Um, Jackson Hussey, Damien Scott, 
and Gavin Field are all Coburn juniors. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I was sort of I, I sit down every now and again and, and try and work out the best SBL teams that that teams could could uh, have across the, the years. And you think if those three had have been able to get on a court together, I know when Gav and Damo were together at the Cougars, they've got a 2012 championship there. Sure do. Um, yes. If they stay together and then you throw in a Jackson Hussey, um, suddenly with a, a Luke Travers um, <laughs> in the mix. Yeah. Um, you know that that be, that that would be an, an unbelievable team. So, but yeah, look, uh, very good backcourt. Um, Just have yeah, a look at those. Ma- ma- have a look at those matchups for us. We got Hussey against Cummings, Scott against King, Field against Maharaj, and then my twin towers up against Davis and Roberts. That <laughs> that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think it'd be a very fast-paced game. Lockie yeah. and um, and Hussey pushing the pace and, and lots of three-point shooting. Um, you know, even you know Madge can can step out and and, and bang a triple here and there. Um, you know, so that's um, that's sort of what people want to see. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be a very, very tight tussle um, in, in in those starters. Okay. Do you want to start with? I don't. Have you chosen your reserved in position or type of players? How, how have you have you done, have you sort of mixed? Up? I went. I went in. Uh, went by position. So basically, yeah, I've, I've, done, the in the, in I've done the same. I've done the same. Yep. Yep. Um, so my backup point guard, and there was a a sort of. Um, Rewarded the guy that was sort of in third spot here as well, but um, my backup point guard is uh, is Brennan Donato. I I have absolutely loved being a part of this guy's career this year. Um, he's averages of ten points, five rebounds, and four point three assists are, are as good as any point guard in the league. Um, and the biggest thing for me in, that sort of separated him from the uh, the guy that I picked as the, the third reserve. Um, was his three-point shooting at 51%? Uh, your point guard, um, you couldn't ask for anything better. You know, he can he can set up our offense and and then can can hit that open three. So I've got Donato as my backup point guard. I think people forget he's a two-time championship winner in this league too. He, he was part of that championship at East Perth and obviously at the Bucks the Bucks last year. He's a he's a quality player. Um, yep, there, there's a uh, there's a, a philosophy in a, in a lot of teams uh, at professional level that you want to pick captains and you want to pick guys that have, have won championships or been on yep. championship teams and, and Brendan's got that uh, championship pedigree behind him and uh, it shows in the way he prepares himself to play um, and the way he goes about his business and I think in what we're seeing now is with the West Coast Classic and his ability to actually have a team and be put into that starting point guard role, his, um, his numbers are flourishing. He reminds mm. me of Joel Questel, um, yeah. another Eastern yeah. Suns um, point guard that came to me at Joondalup and, and won a championship up there. Um, just very cool, very calm, very collected and, and goes about his business at both ends of the floor in a, in a very, very good way. Yeah, that's a great example. My backup point guard, I was tempted to go for Rowan McKenzie from Lakeside, but just because he's left now and we won't see him again, I decided against him and I decided to go almost the total opposite, one of the veterans of the league. And you talk about professionals, this guy's as professional as they get. Ryan Godfrey from the Rockingham Flames. Yeah, look, Boof showed on the weekend what he can do. Mm. Um, as I said, hit five triples in the first half on us yeah. and really sort of gave him that lead that we couldn't get back. And then is that cool, calm, collected head that um, gets them, gets them organised. So, yeah, very, very good selection there. Uh, I think anyone would be happy to have Boof on their team, um, given the way he's gone about his, uh, his career in the SBL. Absolutely, and I just think just the way that he's he's combination with Jackson Hussey in a short time in this West Coast Classic, I think they play well together. So that was that was a natural for me. Um, who have you got backing up Justin King? Uh, oh, I'm going to go past Marshall Nelson. 
just mm. a pure scorer, um, unstoppable almost at the SBL level. Um, and it doesn't matter whether he will accumulate across a, uh, a half or sorry, a whole game or as we've seen him sort of explode in second halves and, and quarters and just bust games open or, or bring the breadbacks back. So, um, his class and that the ability that he's got to, to hit the, hit the three ball and also get to the rack, um, sort of puts him in that elite level of our two guards in the SBL at the moment. Now, this one was tough for me. I had plenty of guys I was weighing up. I could have gone either Jay Bowie or Jack Eisenberger from Lakeside, but they've been very much in and out, so they probably haven't quite played enough games. And Corey Sherwood was the same. He was another one I considered, but we don't know if we'll see him again. And he only played, I think, two or three games. So I've gone someone that's going to give me a lot of versatility and a lot of someone that can play virtually any spot on the court is having a great season at the Goldfields Giants, and that's and that's Fletcher Clastorny. And I think that would have been a, a real surprise um, probably eight weeks ago. But right now, given how well he's played, I don't think it should be a surprise at all. Yeah, look, he's one of those guys that's been given these opportunities and, and grabbed them and, and really making a, a fist of it. So, um, as you say, a bit of a surprise even back as far as the start of the, the season. But as, the, as he's progressed, he's really shown that he can um, get the job done uh, in the West Coast Classic. Big job to try to match the production of Marshall Nelson. He's got though, so so I hope he's hope he's on on, on his game for me. Um, what about your backup in the three spot? Uh, the ever reliable Ben Purser. I don't yeah, think we well. could have a, an all star team without Ben Purser on it. Um, his production is probably about where it would normally be. Um, although his um, his impact on the game, I think, you know, during a regular season is um, is usually a bit bigger. But he's just sort of going about his business, ever consistent and and leading the way. Yeah, can't can't argue with that. Another big job then for my backup, who is someone who's moving into his prime of his career, and I think I think he might have finally found his his the home where he might be best suited to after floating around the slammers and and the magic the last few years. Travis Dernan having a really good season with the Rockingham Flames. I just like his game. He's long, he can shoot, he can put the ball on the floor, he can defend. He's not afraid to take a charge or attempt to take a charge. So I really I really like his, his all-round game. Yeah, and I really love how he's embraced the Rocco lifestyle after seeing him on the weekend with the uh, the mullet and the uh, and the mow, uh, <laughs> telling he's in a Cooper land there. Um, but yeah, no, look, Travis is someone that I rate very highly, and and I think he's the perfect SBL sort of three man, and and would love to see him really sort of you know get an opportunity to to try and get to that next level. I think he's a guy that has the, all the tools that are required to be successful at the uh, at the next level. Yeah, I t- totally agree. I've, all, I've thought that for a long time, and I've been surprised he hasn't been given a development spot at the Wildcats. But yeah, I mean, obviously, others know better better than we do. What about your backup power forward? This is probably the one where I've slid people around a little bit, given this mm-hmm. is where he's played most of this season. Um, I could flip either of my power forward and small forward, I reckon. But um, Caleb White, um, eighteen yeah. points a game, but just you know. 56% from three-point line is, is unheard of, and he's doing it week in, week out now. He sort of struggled a little bit early. We, we had those shooting woes where him and Marshall were, were not quite delivering, but over the last sort of four or five weeks, uh, he's really found his form and um, probably slipping into that you know that part of the, the offense where teams have underestimated him, and he just makes you pay. So, yeah, Caleb White um, as, as my power forward stretch for. That's a that's a great great pick because I think it probably creates the best matchup f- from all all of the matchups in our in our teams, Ben. Because I've gone 
Luke Travers as my my backup power forward, and to think about him going one on one with Caleb White, that that is something to really get excited about. Yeah, sort of the old dog teaching the new dog some tricks, I reckon. Mm. Uh, you know, Caleb's uh, uh, probably, as we've seen, second year pro. Um, you know, done his time in in the US college system, and 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 again, he's delivering. And, and Luke, someone who's trying to forge his uh, his name in in the world of the NBL and 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 beyond. So yeah, definitely a good matchup for sure. Now, what about your backup to to Lee Roberts? Well, this is a tough one. There was a bit of a log jam in this backup five spot in the, in the north. You know, Robbie Huntington and Ash Litterick and and uh, one of the old stages in um, in Corey Easley, um, mm. all averaging very very similar numbers, around nine nine ten points a game, sort of four or five rebounds a game, a um, couple of assists a game. Um, but essentially, where this one came down for me was again, um, I love being able to put five three point shooters on the floor, and Corey Easley shooting thirty five percent from three point line this season, and and providing that sort of you know great passing big man. Um, I think if you you know he's not a, a traditional back to the basket big, but when you do mm. throw the ball in, he's he's usually kicking it out to a to a shooter. So I sort of think well, I'm going to surround um, Corey Easley with Lockie Cummings and uh, Marshall Nelson and Caleb White and Caleb Davis. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Corey Easley be the perfect big man. So uh, Corey slots in as my my backup centre in the All Star team. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and he was great to talk to here on SBO Shooter Around a couple of weeks ago as well. Now, my backup centre, he's probably a four or, four or a five man. He's probably playing both positions at the Slammers. But, but Mitch Keller, we spoke to Mark Worthington about him and Werther just loves him. And you have a look at his numbers. He's averaging a double-double. He's the worker, workhorse on that team. And I just love the physical way he plays, the way he attacks the rebounds. He's, he can put points on the board. Um, and to be doing it in, in a, such a young team at the Slammers, I think I think he, he, he deserved to, to get the nod for me. Yeah, no, workhorse. Um, walked into the stadium up there uh, last weekend with a hard hat and a lunch bucket and he went to work <laughs> against us. And yep. um, that's the type of guy, when you look at how Mark Weatherden played the game of basketball, you know, that's the sort of style of guy that you would think would be out there um, working in the trenches for him. So, yeah, very, very good pickup and a, and a very, very tough player. Now, how did you choose your 11th and 12th, man? What, how did, what, what, did, you, what did you come up with? I uh, used the uh, the NBA analogy, next best athlete. So I just picked the next best players that I could um, could find. And you know, for me, these two guys could have slotted in in, in my uh, probably my my second five. But um, you know, for whatever reason, I, I sort of you know, again went to pretty deep in the in the analysis and looked at you know performances and stuff like that. But um, my my first reserve I picked was Kieran Berry. Um, mm-hmm. Very similar to Brendan Donato in his numbers, not having the the season behind the arc that um, Brendan is, but the improvement in Kieran Berry and and having him handle the point um, at East Perth is probably one of the revelations for them. And at twelve points and five assists a game, um, I think he's a very very worthy pick uh, in an All Star team this year. Yeah, absolutely. I decided I didn't need any more ball handlers, so I've gone for two. Two bigs, probably one that can play three of the four spot and then a genuine five man as my my last two players. First one, Tom Atkinson from the Mandurah Magic. I just think for somebody who's never really played in the SBL before to come in and to now be the leader on a Mandurah Magic team that's so young and to be averaging a double-double and to be putting up some of the numbers that he, he is, I think yeah, it's a fantastic story and I, don't think, he, I think he deserved a look in for, for the All-Star game. Yeah, he's the sort of guy that goes under the radar and, 
and in any other year probably wouldn't have uh, been given this opportunity. And yeah. uh, you know, he's here, um, doesn't get to go back to England if that's what he was thinking about doing to play again. And mm. he finds himself on an all-star team and, and again, averaging a double-double in the SBL, which isn't, isn't anything to be sneezed at. So, um, yeah, the sort of guy that would, would get out there and, and make life difficult. Who's your, who's your last pick? I refer to these types of guys as the Swiss Army knife. This guy can guard anyone from a one to a four, I reckon, in the SBL, and he'd be the perfect guy. Again, if we're going to surround um, the, the floor with shooters, he's almost a Draymond Green type in the way that he can do a bit of everything, and that's Braden Inger from the Bucks. Yeah, uh, 12.5 no, rebounds. Great assist. Uh, like I say, multiple facets to his game. Um, hit a big three against us in the grand final, which wasn't really on the scout. It wasn't... Um, wasn't that we he couldn't shoot, but we just didn't expect him to do it at that time. And then yeah, he gets after it, plays really hard and, and is long and rangy, you know, six foot six, six foot seven and, and does a bit of everything and he does it well. So um Braden Inger from the Bucks rounds out my my twelve North All Stars. That's a great pick. From the moment I saw first saw him and realised he was still only twenty or twenty one when he first came to the Bucks, I thought given he could play in the NBL as a naturalised player that that he 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 has an NBL future, and I've seen nothing over the last eighteen months to suggest that he won't end up playing in the NBL one day, and it might be back at the Breakers, where he's where he's where he's you know from originally back in New Zealand, or it might be somewhere in Australia. But I think he's definitely got an NBL future. Well, that's what we're hoping comes about from from the NBL one. I mean, yeah. he's been over here doing this for two years, and we know it in the SBL. Um, but do they know it on the East Coast? Mm. Um, so, you know, this is the advantage that we're sort of looking at of, you know, these guys that we're picking now that we're always saying what stopped them from getting to the NBL. It's been it's exposure. exposure. Yep. No one's seen them. The, the the coaches, you know, Dean Vickerman can't sit down on a Friday night and watch the Bucks play or he can't mm-hmm. sit down and watch, um, you know, Shaq Maharaj run around with the Eagles. Like suddenly these guys are going to be in the lounge rooms on laptops um, or iPads of these coaches as they're trying to unearth, as we've done with a Tom Atkinson, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're going to get to see those guys. And coaches see things differently than the general public. They'll they'll see something that catches their eye and think that fits what I need, or that that kid's got something. Mitch Keller, that kid's got something that I mm. like because it strikes a chord with me. Um, so hopefully that's where we're heading. Um, and and again, these guys that we're talking about that haven't been able to crack an NBL roster, it might just be that the exposure is what they're missing. I totally agree. My last pick is somebody who has been identified as having an NBL future. He's now signed as a development player at the Perth Wildcats for the upcoming NBL season. Andrew Ferguson from the Lakeside Lightning. Anytime you can get a seven-footer that can step out and shoot the ball and rebound strongly and, and also hold his ground in the post, I think I think it's a, a natural. And It was either him or Michael Vigger, so I decided to go for, go for the young dog. Yeah, and look, Andrew Ferguson, someone that's really impressed me, um, not only on the court, uh, but when we played Lakeside, he actually made a, a point to come up to me after the game and, and ask what had happened to my knee, and it's the first conversation oh, wow. that okay. I'd ever have, had with him. Um, great. And that really impressed me that he, you know, he came over after 40 minutes of us trying to, you know, smash him. He, he came over and was actually generally uh, concerned and asking questions, and I sort of found that as a uh, a very good sign of his character and, and the type of guy that he is. So. Um, again, the cats have got a good one there, and, and someone that I think has got a big future um, as we as the game evolves and as he evolves as well into the NBL. Now, before we wrap it up, is there somebody who you found especially hard to leave out? Who was the hardest player that you found to to not put in your final twelve? 
Oh, look, there's probably two of them. Oh, I should go four. There you go. So, you know, hard to, to leave a guy like Trown Iliadis out. Yeah. Um, in my mind, he's one of the best players that's ever played in the SPL. Um, Carl Aylett having a cracking season up mm-hmm. the hill. Um, that kid works so hard. Um, and then at the other end of the scale, Ryan Blanchett, um, and mm. he just misses out um, in that four spot. Um, and as I said, Robbie Huntington. Um, yeah. Robbie Huntington, to me, is the ultimate um, SBL sort of you know stretch five. Um, came back from college having never shot a three-pointer and, and led our team in three-point percentage for, for many years. So, you know, those four probably could have easily slotted in for me, um, given, you know, my, my relationship with them and, and what I think of them as basketball players. I had three that I found really tough. Damon Ballantyne, I went so close to putting him in as my backup backup point guard. I went so close to adding Brody England as my backup small forward as well, just for what what he's doing, but also his potential that he continues to show down at the Slammers. And, and Lewis Thomas, he's the other one who well, I almost went for as my backup big, just because he's just similar to Mitch Keller. Maybe he has a bit more size and a bit more polish, but, gee, he's just such a workhorse that you'd love to, you'd love to have him on your team. So... Those three guys can consider themselves very unlucky, but overall, I'm pretty happy to back in my 12 against yours, Ben. What do you think? Yeah, look, uh, hopefully Mr. French can can run this simulation for us, mm. um, and it'll be also interesting to see if this gets a bit of traction with the uh, with the social media and and people wanting to sort of you know express their their thoughts as to who should have made it or who shouldn't have made it. But yeah, any, any of those these sorts of things is always going to be interesting to see you know, how they work out and 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 where the where the balls sort of you know end up end up landing. Absolutely. So before we come back next week, what our aim is is to. We'll put our teams out there on social media so you can have a look. You can let us know your thoughts, but we'll also set up a, a vote where you can, can vote for who you think will win the game. And then, as as you mentioned, Ben, hopefully, like you did with our grand final of our Ultimate SBL Championship tournament, hopefully hopefully Brad French can run a simulation to put our teams through the through the ringer and, and come through with a with a result of who he thinks would win the game as well. So when we come to come back next week. We can well and truly see who who has the bragging rights as as the best coach here on SBL Shootaround. Oh, at the moment, mate, we're we're both unemployed, so as, <laughs> as far as coaching goes. So, yeah, it'd be nice to get a win on the board. Absolutely. So that was a lot of fun, Ben. Looking forward to seeing what we come back with next week. Now, when we come back here on SBL Shootaround, we'll have a quick look at the results from round seven in the West Coast Classic, and then, of course, we'll be speaking to the Coburn Cougars legend, Gavin Field. Okay, back now on SBL Shooter Round. Let's, let's run through the results from Round 7 in the West Coast Classic, Ben, because every game now is just about having a say on what we will end up seeing in, in, the, in the finals. Starting on Friday night, Coburn Cougars at home to the Southwest Slammers got the win. Gavin Field back into the team. He, as you said, he cashed in his veterans card last week. He got it back, handed back to him this weekend, and he was probably the difference in a 95-63 to 63 win for the Cougars. Yeah, and uh, I don't think he would have spent the week in the gym shooting, although his numbers definitely sort of say that he did 7-11 from three-point yeah. line. Um, and a big game there from Kai Chamberlain. Great to see. Absolutely. And now this one was the thriller of the night. And like we talked about in our, in our first segment, it could end up being very costly for the Lakeside Lightning. The East Perth Eagles with the upset, 100-98. to 98. Yeah, and look, I'm just doing some quick maths here. 
and I'm looking at one stat that says the lightning shot 61 <laughs> three-pointers. So yeah. let, bear with me for a second. So 45 minutes of basketball times 60 seconds equals 2,700. Divide by 61 equals Lakeside shot a three-pointer every 44 seconds. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Like, I've never seen that ever. I've never seen 61, like, no. I mean, the Rockets get over 50 in a 48-minute game. Yep. So that, to me, is just unbelievable. One three-pointer every 44 seconds. <laughs> it, it, it is unbelievable. Um, and they shot, the, shot it recently well. They hit 20 of them. Um, yeah, well, yeah, but 33%. The, but, but, but they lost the game. I mean, what do you make of the result? Oh, look, I think, again, um, you know, the, the Jack Eisenberger comes in. Um, there's a couple of out for, for Lakeside. Again, not playing Vigor and Ferguson together in a game like this against the Eagles. You know, those two together would have been a um, would have been probably too big. But yeah, look, great to see Perth get a win and those two boys, Shaq and, and Kieran, yep. leading the way. Ben Lee, his first game of the West Coast Classic, he hit six threes and had 26 points. So he's a handy inclusion given they've lost Corey Sherville and and Rowan McKenzie for them to be be able to to add him in now for, for late in the piece. Now, the game I talked about before, Willard and Tigers, Warwick Senators. Senators won 105 to 92, but with 15 minutes to go, the Tigers were up by 12 with all the momentum, but the depth of the Senators and Cody Ellis, Justin King, Caleb Davis were just brilliant and they... They weren't going to let themselves lose, and and this pretty much cements them in the top two, and it makes life tough now for the Tigers. And again, Damien Scott leading the way, but yeah, um, the big three, big three of the Senators just too much, um, you know. When and when they've got that much three point shooting um, on the floor, uh, it's very very hard to guard when they start to stretch you out like that. So Senators for me still still firming as the uh, the potential champions of the West Coast Classic. Yeah, it's, it's hard to argue. Saturday night in Geraldton. Not too surprised by the result, but very surprised by the margin in this one because the Bucks had been playing some good basketball the last couple of weeks, but the Hawks were on fire. They got the win, 114 to 77. And as I mentioned to you, like, you know, the the Hawks are sort of flying under the radar a little yep. bit. You know, Ben Persa was the only one that I sort of picked out of the pack for them, even though that they are sitting in that top two to, to make an all-star team because they're getting such a level um, performance from everyone. Mm. Like everyone's around that you know, 16 to, to 10 point mark. Um, Mitch Clark and Matt Leary come in. Um, you know, those guys are just doing their job and, and they're going about it. And, as we're seeing, those big, big older sort of bodies, um, 43 rebounds to 27, you know, that's yep. just, they've got a, a bunch of guys that know how to play basketball and know how to play it well. And seven players that scored in double figures. Like you said, the range between the top scorer of Keegan Phillips and Ryan Smith, 18 points, and, you know, Harry Imerson, 10 points, and all those other guys in between, that's what's making them so strong right now, like you, like you touched on. Um, the game we also talked about a bit earlier, Warwick Senators kept on winning. They've now won nine games in a row, too good for your Eastern Suns, 109 to 69. And I don't think I've ever seen anyone win a game with 28 turnovers, and that was a yeah. big focus for us on Monday night, just uh, looking after the ball. You can't. Um, I actually did a demonstration with the boys where I got them to turn the ball over. And then I stood at halfway and I kicked the ball with my bad leg at that the hoop. <laughs> and I said, which which one's got more chance of going in? Mm. And again, you know, we could do that 28 times and we would have more chance of scoring a basket than if we just keep throwing the ball away. So um, again, you want to play against the best and that's the only way you're going to get better. 
Um, but yeah, the, the Senators again just just far too deep and far too good for us on the on the night. Important win for the Joondalup Wolves coming off their their loss last Saturday night in Rockingham. They got the job done against the East Perth Eagles. Obviously, East Perth threw everything into that game on Friday night, and the Wolves got the got the win, eighty seven to fifty four. And a great you know, performance there from a couple of the old stages in, in Maxie and, and Robbie, um, mm-hmm. you know, delivering when they need it. Um, and again, there's, there's that name, Kieran Berry, popping up with 11 points for, for the Eagles leading the way. Um, but yeah, an important win for the, the Wolves to keep their finals hopes alive. Well, except Salinas did a did the defensive job on Shaq Maharaj too, which was a, a big reason in, in that in that result as well. Lakeside Lightning, they also bounced back on Saturday night at home to the Mandra Magic, winning 99-77. to Yeah, and again, Bigger and Eisenbarger um, both together. You know, that's a very good um, one-two punch. Um, and Josh Hunt, hearing some good things, um, you know, from the, the Cats Academy trials about Josh mm-hmm. Hunt, you know, a, a kid that's probably got a bit of a chip on his shoulder and, and is super athletic and, again, has a bit of that um, Mark Worthington being instilled into him, so mm. good to see him getting amongst it there. Now, this was a big win in Rockingham for the Perth Redbacks to move them up into third position now. They got the win over the Flames, 112-96. to 96. Yeah, Again, that balanced attack of the, the Redbacks that have started to really share the ball around and you know, find those open shooters. Um, massive game there, almost a triple-double from Tevin Jackson, so uh, following in his dad's footsteps there and in, in becoming Mr. Triple-Double, which he, he does have the capacity to do, and and Marshall Nelson, um, you know, 32 points is is a great return for his night out. But he's not a, not an all-star, Tevin. Again, it's that performance. Um, you know, <laughs> Ben Hurser, Phil, and, and Caleb White in that same sort of spot. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, Jack, uh, ben is probably the type of player that Tevin Jackson should be looking to, to emulate. It's that ever-consistent in, yep. in what he does, that all-round game. So, um, yeah, very tough to miss out, though. Yeah, but I, I don't think I don't think he deserved to be picked over Ben Purser if that was what it come down to. Last game on Saturday night, Goldfields Giants kept on winning their first road win for the season down in Bunbury. They beat the Slammers seventy nine to seventy three. Yeah, close one there. Um, and again, the, the the Twin Towers just leading the way. Uh, twenty eight points and six rebounds and fourteen points and fifteen rebounds. That's mm. just a phenomenal return from your from your front court and. These guys are just, you know, really cementing themselves as the building blocks up there for, for Creaky to put some, some quality imports around that starting five and think we'll be seeing them make a, a big jump in the standings next year. Then backing up the very next day, only, what, probably 13 or 14 hours later, the Giants backed it up in Mandra, 98 to 84 win over the Magic. Yeah, always tough. And, and again, they're two, two of the longest sort of road trips for those boys to, mm. to come down and play. And again... Being led from the front, Madge with 20 and, and Mayo with 13, um, and then Jerome Reed chipping in with you know 16. Um, if they can get that perimeter game going from him, uh, it's really going to open things up for him. So, um, and Josh Hunt there, 28 points again, yeah. um, really sort of showing what he can do. Last up, we've spoken about this game already, Ben. Just let me know whatever springs springs to mind. The Rockingham Flames 96 beat the Calamunda Eastern Suns 90. Again, tough one for us. Um, lost the night before, probably didn't quite come out ready to play um, and let uh, Ryan Godfrey off the hook, known shooter around the league that shoots mm-hmm. at a very high clip and we gave him um, a little bit too much space and, and he made his pay. So that was pretty much the those, those nine nine points that he got in, in a row. 
Um, and we, we're down by nine points with, you know, yeah, 30 odd seconds on the clock. So take those out. We come down with a chance to win as it is. Um, we hit a three on the buzzer that closes the gap to six. So it's about yep. playing 40 minutes of basketball, which is what, what the Flames did. Yeah, they sure did. Um, now, very quickly, wrap up this segment with a quick rundown of the standings. Warwick Senators are on top, 9-1. and one. Perry Lakes Hawks, 9-2. and two. The Perth Redbacks, 8-3. and three. And then rounding out the top four, the Joondalup Wolves are 7-3. and three. Just outside, Lakeside Lightning, 7-3. and Wilden Tigers, 6-4. and four. The Goldfields Giants, 6-4. and four. And I think you can pretty much rule a one through the rest. Rockingham Flames, 6-5. and five. Coburn Cougars, 4-6. and six. Geraldton Buccaneers, 3-7. and seven. East Perth Eagles, 3-8. and eight. Calamander Eastern Suns, 2-9. and nine. Southwest Slammers, 2-9. And, and the Mandra Magic, 1-9. and nine. With two weeks to go, Ben, what, what stands out about that? Well, as you sort of spoke about at the start, just that, that middle of the pack group there, those three teams. And it's important to remember this year, too, it's not a... Uh, uh, wins and losses, it's a, a percentage, so oh, not everyone's playing the same amount of games. I, I, I wondered about that. We were wondering about that on our women's show as well. We weren't sure if it was a head-to-head or percentage to determine who goes, who finishes on top. No, it's percentage, so mm. you know, it's kind of that does change things a little bit. I think, uh, as I said at the start, there uh, the Wolves, uh, sorry, the Lakeside got that toughest run home. Then the sorry, the Wolves and then the Tigers, you know, could potentially in that last last weekend or last game matched up. That could be the one that decides who goes into that top four. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating last two weekends here in the West Coast Classic. But for now, it's time to turn our attention to the Coburn Cougars and one of their all-time greats, Gavin Field, will join us next. Okay, back here on SBL Shoot Around and... We just couldn't be doing an SBL show without having this man as a guest on at some stage. He, like we talked about before, Ben, he's already an all-time great of the league and of the Coburn Cougars, and he's still got plenty of his career to go. If he wants to play for another five, six, seven or eight years or even more, then that could still be in his future. But already a 250-game player, a championship winner, one of the great scorers and all-round players that we've seen in WA basketball. A life member of the Coburn Cougars, as are three other members of his family. There's so much for us to cover here here with this man, Gavin Field. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, thanks for that introduction. It's, a bit <laughs> it's the least you deserve. I mean, it's a it's a it's a funny thing. I mean, I've talked to you before, and you have talked about how when you were younger, you grew up around the Cougars. The club has been such a massive part of your life, and you dreamed of playing for the club, and you dreamed of having the chance to try to be one of, if not the greatest player that has ever has ever had. I mean, that was a lofty dream for you to have. But now that you're so far into your career, it's actually a possibility of happening. What's that? And that's not something you can judge, obviously. I guess you leave it to others. But what's that feeling like that you dream of being a Cougars legend growing up and it's actually happened? That's uh, one of those things where you are growing up and it seems like an unrealistic goal. Yeah. Same as making the NBA and all that, all that kind of stuff that you say when you're a kid. But to... Kind of in that situation where it kind of happened. It's just, yeah, it just shows that hard work and uh, all that stuff that been going up and all this just paid off, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's all it is for me. How many hours do you reckon you've spent in, in the Wally Hagen Stadium? Yeah, <laughs> um, let's see, from when I was probably about 10 to I would have been to college, I've been there probably five, six days a week. Either, either 
coaching, playing, refing, whatever I was just doing then when I was doing obviously like college and everything else, other things took over. But yeah, um, at least six days a week for eight years, I thought I would have no idea. <laughs> it would be ridiculous yeah. at the time of that. Sort of the, the epitome of a hobby rat, I guess, but I um, that ball in your hand seems to be so, so natural. Um, now who was it your dad that, yeah, that gave you the, the first opportunity, or we know that you popped a life member as well? Were, were those two guys you know, sort of instrumental in getting you playing basketball? Yeah, pretty much it. Um, you know, from when I was born, I was around at basketball, where my dad was at that point. Dad was assistant coach for the SPL, so I know when I was three, I've got a video of the video somewhere of me. Uh, doing my first basketball session when I was three years old, so I've been <laughs> down there doing stuff since then. And all the people, mainly my dad's, all my dad's friends at that age, uh, you know, they are the ones that brought me up really, whether I was doing basketball or whatever else it was. And once I got back to twelve and all that, so it's all that, but all those people in that area. But yes, that was definitely my dad being around basketball inside of me. That very good. And there's a very very famous photo of you um, in the change rooms after. The, the 92 grand final. Um, do, do you remember that? And is that something that you carried with you that you wanted that experience um, you know, all those years later? Uh, 2012 being uh, the first one that you got. Like, is that uh, was that sort of where you, you got that championship desire? Um, I don't remember it at all. That was one. I mean, what was what was life like in West Georgia compared to what you what you were used to down in in the Coburn area of Western Australia? Go to school for all day, go play basketball for two hours after school. 
and so it was kind of what I did here anyway, just a bit more intense. Yeah, sure. How did you find the study side of it? Were you able to keep that up pretty well along with the basketball? Yeah, uh, I'll be honest. The education system is a little bit behind us in terms of learning at university. Yeah, um, okay. I was doing some my second year of maths that I was doing in year 10 in school. I was, oh, wow. I, I love maths. I, I love maths. I did for a top two maths OT. So I was doing stuff that I had done in five years previous. And so yeah. it wasn't. But then again, then it got harder and the classes and just the schedule of trying to get the classes after, you know, having an eight hour road trip and arriving home mm. at six AM and having class at nine and all that stuff. But again, you learn to adapt and get used to it. Now, earlier on today we were we were hitting all star teams and um, Chris was the uh, was the, the coach of the South team, even we don't actually have all star teams this year and he actually when he picked you in the team he Compared to Larry Bird, would, would you see that in your own game? Or the SBL version. SBL version of Larry Bird. Is, is he uh, a hero of yours? Yeah, he's, he would be my favourite player of all time. Uh-huh. Uh, I, like, I love Jordan, I love all that, I know that. But, you know, Larry is still Larry. He did a bit of everything, he can score, he can pass, he can lead up. I just think yeah, that was who that was who I am. Even though I didn't really watch him play, I'm done before I, was, I yeah. remember playing basketball. Going back and watching everything he's, he's done, he's you know, the left handed game and all that, you know, all that stuff. Where that's just Jeff, I don't even you know, not really my game on him, but I like, you know, it's amazing how they, it's amazing how those things happen. We spoke to CJ Jackson as well, and his hero was Magic Johnson. And his game when he played in the SBL was almost like an SBL version of Magic Johnson. It's amazing how if you look up to somebody, you might not mean it. It just naturally happens that you end up playing so much like some of your heroes if you watch them that closely. Yeah. The championship you won 20 years after, obviously, your dad was there to celebrate the one um, 20 years earlier. What did that What did that mean to you and, and everyone else at, at, at Coburn? I mean, it's such a, it's such a special environment where... It's just that natural basketball feel about it. There's everyone's there for the right reasons. It's it's just got a different feel than most other places. What did what did being part of that championship mean to you back in 
Then three years later, Gav, I, I still remember coming down to training before the grand final and, and your coach at the time, Matty Parsons, wanted me to talk to you and it was it was one of the hardest probably interviews I've I've had to do just because of what you were, were going through, knowing that you, you couldn't play because of the elbow injury you had you had suffered ahead of the, the grand final. What was now that you can look back on it, what was that, that time like for you? Because obviously you're so happy for the club and your teammates to, to win the championship and you were such a big part of them still getting in a position to win the championship, but then not to be able to be there on, on grand final night. I mean, what, in reflection, what was what was that whole experience like? Um, the actual hardest part of it was the week before. Mm. We girls to get into the yep. grand final. Um, we went in, we sang the song, and I'm not a hugely emotional person. I should probably say we play much. I don't know if it'll watch a lot mm. of emotion. Mm-hmm. But I had to leave the change room as soon as we sang the song. I just couldn't. Handle being around that from just that, you know, that five minutes. I just need that five minutes on my own just to get out of that because again, so excited for everyone else, but disappointed that I couldn't do anything. And I was before I had my surgery, which was three weeks. I was willing to strap my arm up, play left yep. handed, just just do what I could. But you know, I had my arm, so I had that surgery. Yeah. Um. So that was the hardest part. But again, I. It was getting, like I said before, it's about everyone. It's not about, it wasn't about me. It was, for uh, that one, it was, you know, it was Greg Geller, come back to his title, and mm-hmm. all these other people that were just, that would have been there for way too long and not have, you know, just deserved to win it. And yeah. yes, I would have loved to be on the court and helped out, but got the results and something, something's getting better. Mm-hmm. That's all that really matters to me. 30 years' time, obviously, it's still there. Yeah, absolutely. The, the next year as well, I've never, I've never admired one player's season more than your 2016 season. And obviously, I spoke to you quite a bit during it to just to get an update on how you were feeling and how you were doing it. But your elbow was still nowhere near 100%. And, so, and for so much of that season, everything you did was left-handed. But you still had an, an outstanding season. You were still playing great basketball. What was that year like, like to go through? I was just in touch. I just, I had the fitness and the staff. I had all that stuff. It's just some games I just couldn't shoot. Mm-hmm. And I had to figure out ways to help my team. It, it, whether it was, we, like, we know that year we had Lockie and Jalen that scoring, yep. so I didn't have to worry so much about that. I could, you know, how could I help the team other ways? And a lot of the times we know that with that team, it was just leadership and what could I do to help the younger guys get through and push them up. And yeah, just, that's what I, I had to figure out what I could do. With my body at that point, my body, my arm at that point. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. A couple of years ago when we caught up for another chat as well, I you mentioned to me that you were expecting your your first baby. I, I don't know what the timing is. You'll know it better better than me. But you 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 didn't want me to make it public, but you were happy to to let me know that it was it was happening. And I could just see such a such a your your whole face would would light up with the thought of being being a father. Um, you now you now are a father. You're obviously married as well. Is is fatherhood everything that you you hoped it would be? Absolutely, and every time I talk to you about you're you're working now as a as a as a school teacher as well, and and I can see your passion for that as well. Um, are you still enjoying that? And do you think you found the right the right career for you? Is this is this what you think you you cut out for? Yeah, definitely. I I, I make I made the choice to do this year because we do have a young team COVID. I spent mm. all I spent all day at, uh, at work dealing with twenty nine children. I come home for two hours to deal with one child, and then I go to my training and deal with eighteen. <laughs> training, training <laughs> um, but no, nah, I do. I do love. I do love to play. It's just a matter of just, I want to talk to my wife. I want to say, I just have to say, this happened today. Or you know, this kid done you know, for the first time, and you know, had a qualification, or whatever, whatever it was. It's just I want to be there. I do. I am thoroughly want these kids to succeed, and, and that's. It's it's been a frustrating couple of years for you. It's fair to say, just because you haven't had as much help at the Cougars as you as you would have liked. But I I get the feeling that's beginning to change. Obviously, you bring in Luke Travers this year, and at least for the SBL season, you would have had at least one import on top of that. And you've got some really exciting young talent, and then you've still got you know the other experienced players like a Jared Holmes and a Saber Chan. Um, I'm assuming next year, assuming everything goes back to normal. Hopefully Luke stays around again. Um, hopefully, if we have imports, you can bring in an import or two. Do you feel like the tide is starting to turn? Do you feel like you'll no ha- no longer have to be the man that does everything if Coburn wins a game? It won't have to always be be on your hand. Yeah, and as that we was at this year's actually really good for that. I, mm-hmm. Even though I, I don't know, I, I try I try to step back and not be not control as much and let the young point guards.
uh, people could get their plus or more players. That's what you need to be able to in order to succeed. Coops is very big on uh, more players. Like he, uh, yesterday, he highlighted one of our young guys, played nine minutes on the weekend, showed him diving on three loose balls mm. and uh, the cold spacing and stuff. And he you know, didn't, wasn't worried about, you know, didn't show anything that I did. He was still showing, you know, showing what these young guys can do, what they need to be able to do to push themselves to that next level to get more minutes, especially next year when we start hopefully having a more normality mm. in the league and um, that goes through then yeah I, I can see it's been good in the next two three years mm-hmm. um, it's just a matter of my body wants to hold on for the next two three what's going on and with my life and stuff like that well, just, just touching on that how long do you think he can play on I mean Physically is one thing, but also now that you've you've got to make sure that you're putting enough time into into your career, making sure you're putting enough time into into life at home. Um, do you set yourself a goal of how much longer you would like to play for, or do you just just take it a year, a year by year thing right now? Uh, I, I, I am starting to start for a lot more so that's definitely the case. Yep. Um, strange happens in the next mm-hmm. however many months it is, um, but. So yeah, it's more like I have no plans on retiring or doing anything like that. I, well, I, I, well, I think I, we, I think we all hope not. I said to you know, I, I, I said to you know, I said to my wife, um, I two fifty. I said three hundred, like the numbers and it sounds good. So I'd like to at least get to there and then see what happens from that point. But in that, yeah, like I said, it's not. I can see my, you know, I, I can control my body enough that I can, you know, help out. But it's a matter of time. If, you know, if we have another child, and, sure. Do you see yourself wanting to stay involved in basketball when you stop playing? Could you see yourself coaching, or do you think you would need a break from the game, or or do you not even want to think about that until you actually do stop playing? I don't know. Every now and then, I think I would like to coach. But then, the way it is now, all the different types of scouting, all of this, all the mm. recruiting, all, all that, that's just, I don't know, that would be me. Probably may be me in the future, but right yep. now, that doesn't seem like that's or just want to be there to help people get better. So it could be a matter of coaching teams. And I don't, I don't know right now, but I, I do like coaching. I do like teaching. That's why I'm a teacher. It makes sense. Um, but I, yeah, I just don't know. I get, again, my mindset is I can get frustrated at people, but I don't know. I think it's a simple thing. And yeah. I don't think about my experience and all that. Yeah. So I, I am. Um, yeah, I, in the future, I can see that's what happens. It's just a matter of planning. Probably won't be straight away. I think. I think after I do finish, I probably need a year just to stay away, so I don't miss it. Mm. Drag myself back into it to it, or yeah. when I shouldn't be drag myself back in. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, wanted to get your thoughts as well on just on how much 
the Coburn Basketball Association Association means to your family. We've talked about the history that your dad has there, and and Ben mentioned your pop is a life member as well. Your dad's a life member. You're a life member, and I was there there last year at the game where your your mum received her life membership as well. That's it's it's just a remarkable family legacy that you have at the club. How much does the club mean to to all of you? with us, Ben? Yeah, mate, I'm here. I'm just, uh, I've, got two, I've got two questions left. Go for it. I didn't want to waste them, so um, I was going to, my questions are sort of more basketball related, and look, um, regardless of who's been on the, the team with you at the Cougars there, I, I can guarantee you that every coach, um, the first person they sit down and, and discuss about the person they have to try and contain, not stop, because I don't think It feels pretty good. 
Um, <laughs> but nothing you can, nothing or everything you do is going to go right. Like, mm. uh, even on Saturday night against Bunbury, pretty much in the second half, every time I shot the ball, I was already running back to defense. Mm. I knew it was going in. Um, it, I don't know, it, it's one of those things that I've been, I don't know, quite recently I've been listening to the Howie Gaines podcast. I don't know if you listen to yep. those, yep. where he interviews all from everywhere and I listen to them talking about when you're in the zone. And you have so many people say it's just you, you just you don't know you just, everything is just going right. You don't know why. You don't know how. Uh, everything it just it just happens. And I, I've this has come up because we're playing Mandra this weekend about when I scored sixty, mm. and I still don't know how I did that. I just everything I wasn't doing anything crazy. I was just everything I did worked. It just came. I took one. I took one dribble. Three people. Three people moved it. I don't know why. <laughs> Obviously, there's a mentality of if we're down or something, I've got to do something about it, and so I go more aggressive. But no, it's just, uh, it's just, I, I don't understand how it works. It's just everything seems like it's just working perfectly. Yep. How many, no, how many, I, how many games have you played? Do you reckon that you felt like that? Obviously, the sixty-point game would be one of them. But how many games have you felt where you actually have felt sort of invincible? Yeah. Uh, made one and, uh, Hayden, but I'll make one and of course, kicking, coming and 
double team A and we revert them something different. I again the game winning shots sounds good, it's the easiest shot to shoot. Just have to shoot it. Mm-hmm. You have no other option if you don't shoot it. You're pretty dumb if you just hold the ball for the last second and don't get a shot up. So it's you have to put then it's all it's either glory on and you miss oh, it was a hard shot, so you missed it. And that's less than wide open layup. So I find those with that you have to shoot it so why not have the confidence to make it? I've, I've never actually thought of it like that at all. Like, if you were to talk to 99 out of 100 players, they would say to them that was the most pressure. And to, to hear you put that spin on it is, um, it is, it's like, it's a light bulb gone off my head from, from now how to explain that sort of thing to people. Um, but it's not, it's, um, yeah, it's the easy shot because you have to choose. There's no other decision that you have to make. Um, <laughs> especially if it, especially if the game's tied. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, game tied, yeah. You just go to overtime. Yep. No, that's brilliant. I like that. A lot of your career, Gav, um, you've been playing against junior luck Wolves teams coached by Ben Entridge, including, you know, a couple of a couple of playoff series. Um, is there anything different playing against teams that Ben coached or what stands out to you when you think about playing against his teams? I've talked about this a couple of times on the show, Ben. That 2000, I think it was 2016, the playoff series that you had against Coburn in the first first round when you'd won the first game, and then game two down in Coburn, I've you, you I think I think you'd remember this, Gav. You were missing save a chance, so you ended up playing as the point guard for most of that game. 
And the Wolves just had no answer for it. You would run the offense so beautifully, and I don't think the Wolves were expecting it or they just weren't, weren't ready to counter it. And that was the perfect game. And was, it was, I think it was Adam Dina's first year as, as coach, and everything that night clicked, and you blew the Wolves out of the water. You forced the game three, and things didn't quite work out as well the next night up at Joondalup. But, but that game with you as point guard... That just everything seemed to click perfectly on that night, and you didn't necessarily need to score a lot. It was with you just running, running the point. Yeah, I, I, I took over position to run the point. I love yeah. controlling the offense, but obviously that's not my role. Um, but that game, yeah, it was two thousand seventeen playoffs. Seventeen, um, yeah. So yeah, um, and that was again that was you with my arm, and we and we even failed that with Dwight Jalen and Lockie. So. Scoring wasn't a problem, it was getting us through our sets and picking it up and all that. And then, but yeah, it was just, I don't know, to, to, to block credit, they, then they decided to put the honor, then I'm under on me and football DB all the way up mm. the quarter, which didn't tie me out. So that was, that was a great adjustment on their, on their part from the game three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, I'm pretty sure it was the game that I actually missed out on a double without points. Yeah, I think so. so. I, I think you're right. Yeah. I had, I had the rebound and assist, but I didn't have the points. So this is, I didn't. Which is so good at it. I guess it's hard not to. But the fact that you can have that many strings to the to your bow is why, I guess, when guys like like Jalen and Lockie do play with you, they they thrive because you you're happy to take a back seat and defer to those guys. Or if they're not there, you're happy to score at the same time. So that's what Ben's talking about. I guess that makes you so hard to stop because you can affect the game in so many different ways. Yeah, so that's what I try to do. That's yeah. We could keep talking all night, Gav, but we have to let you go at some point. And and Ben has to start preparing to to try to cause an upset against the Perry Lakes Hawks on on Friday night. But as always, it's been a been a pleasure to speak to you. And we couldn't do an SBL shoot around show without speaking to you. So I'm glad that we we've got you on before this this season was over. Um, before I wrap it up, Ben, have you got one last thing you want to throw Gav's way? appreciate everything you've done for me over the years, Gab. I, I first bumped into you when you were, I guess, you know, a development player back at the Wildcats when I was working there as well and followed your whole career since then. You've always been more than willing to help me in anything I've ever asked you to, to help with. Hopefully, hopefully I've paid tribute to your career in some point by by documenting it along the way. It's been a pleasure watching you play and it's been a pleasure to have you on SBR Shoot Around. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Again, thanks for all the kind words. It's always what people have to say.
Okay, back here on SBL Shoot Around, and, and well, obviously we couldn't do an SBL show, Ben, without speaking to the legend that is Gavin Field at some stage, and thanks very much to him for giving up his time, and yeah, I mean, talking to him is always is always a great privilege, and that was everything that we, we hoped it would be. Gavin is one of those guys, he's, uh, he's, a, he's cut his teeth in the SBL, and he's, he's played in the US college system, he's come back and, and danced around the edge of the NBL, and um, very fortunate to have him in the SBL now uh, with the Cougars, who I'm sure um, are really, really relishing having him and Luke Travers playing side by side. And the role model that he is on and off the court is just great for uh, for Andrew Cooper and those those young Cougars. Absolutely. Now let's move on to round eight in the West Coast Classic, second last round of the competition. So. You know, as we've talked about during the show already, plenty of pressure on now for final spots. So the teams that are, are in the hunt, all of their games now become pretty crucial. Now, but before we do, Ben, an update on our tipping. The the gap has widened again. Two rounds to go. I'm on 53. You're on 44. Do you still still give you give yourself a chance, or are you now turning your focus to winning winning our All Star Game battle? Look, I'll I'll give it one more week. I think I, I tipped a couple of roughies last week that didn't come in for me. So yeah, look, let's try and uh, let's try and get it back to, to single digits, and then um, really throw some cats and up <laughs> next week. So I won't, I won't do the the rocky and throw the towel in just yet. But um, yeah, it, it is starting to look like a, an insurmountable mountain that I have to climb. A little bit, but I don't want to. I don't want to count all of my chickens just yet. So let's get to Friday night in the West Coast Classic, and it's your Calamander Eastern Suns first up, travelling to Bendate Basketball Centre to take on the Perry Lakes Hawks. How do you get the job done? How do you cause the upset here? I think it's about um, encouraging the boys to to be brave. You, you look, you live for these opportunities to to go up against the uh, almost a David and Goliath type situation where you know the Hawks are. Playing very, very well and, and, and are very well coached. And for our guys, um, there are no expectations. It's go out and play basketball and, and have some fun. So I know that's been the focus for us this week. Hawks may have, you know, might be eyeing uh, in a couple of weeks' time, given they have locked up a, a finals position. And we'd be looking to go out there and, and play free and, and play with courage and, and enjoy being around uh, the group that have, you know, been put in the hard yards now for nearly 13 months, so um, looking forward to seeing what we can do, and it'll take a big performance, but I think the boys will be ready for it on a Friday night. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with Perry Lakes, just because I, well, they can at least lock in the top two spot with a win here, so I think it's an important game for them, so they can't afford to have have a slip-up. Now, speaking of David versus Goliath, this is a similar one as well at Herb Graham Recreation Centre, the East Perth Eagles. Hosting the Warwick Senators. Great matchup, and there's a uh, couple of uh, all-star matchups in there, if you will. We've got um, Kieran Berry going up against uh, Justin King, mm. and, and that, that'll be an interesting one. Um, and also Caleb Davis going up against uh, uh, Joel Offerings. No, Joel was always up for the. After the challenge against those sorts of guys, so it'll be interesting to see. But I think um, Sterling perhaps a little bit too deep. You know, if they've got all their full complement back, um, I just think they'll be too deep and, and too strong for, for East Perth. Yeah, I think so as well. Now this game at HBF Arena, almost an elimination final in some ways. 
because they're, they're both coming to this game on seven and three records. It's going to be tough to make the finals if you lose four games in this competition, I think. So, massive game. Jingle up Wolves up against the Lakeside Lightning. Again, a massive game. And what we start to look at now in the, uh, in the West Coast Classic is, you know, we've spoken about for these younger teams where, where they're looking towards next year. Are we starting to see the last couple of appearances of of sort of stalwarts of the league. Are, are the mm. Steph Salinas' and Trian Ilianas' looking at these next two games as being um, a chance for them to, to cement their legacy? Um, does that add a little bit more fire if they're perhaps not thinking about going around in 2021? Well, if anyone's going um, to know, it's you. Do you have any insight? Well, I'm just looking around the league and looking at, you know, there was a retirement today after the... Uh, after the Milwaukee Bucks got knocked out of the NBA Finals, um, was, yeah. those sorts of things start to start to weigh on players' minds. So, um, you know, could it could it be um, that that's where a few of these older guys that have been in the league for for ten, twelve, thirteen years are? You know, this is May was going to be their last season. Uh, are they now starting to look look past um, the SBL? Um, and uh, does that add a little bit more? Um, or a little bit more spice to these matchups, and, and are they again, like I said, trying to trying to go out on a high? So, um, look, I, I do think the Wolves on their home court are a different uh, different beast, if you will. And I think that, um, yeah, look, uh, it means a bit more to those boys to get back to a final series, and after all the pedigree that they've had, so I'm going to tip the Wolves um, in this one against Lakeside. Yeah, it's a tough one to tip. Both of them have so much to play for. But I'm going to go for the home team, the Wolves as well, just because I look at the weekend that Lakeside's got and I think the best they can hope for is to go one and one this weekend. So I'm going to not tip them here and I'm going to go and tip them on Saturday night, which we'll get to to shortly. Last up on Friday night, the Mandurah Magic and the Rockingham Flames. Yeah, I think after what I saw from Rockingham, um, both beard boys were away um, yeah. in that game against us. I would suspect that they'll be back. Um, and I just think that those those three guys of uh, Hussey, uh, Buff Godfrey and, and Dernan, they were a real handful for our guards. And I think um, they'll be sort of, you know, again, primed for a uh, big performance in their cross-town rivals there, that South Corridor, mm-hmm. um, Magic versus uh, Flames, given there is quite a few... Um, back and forwards of players and so on and so forth down there. Um, but I would think that the Flames will have too much for the, for the Young Magic. Yep, I can't go past Rockingham either in that one. Now, we move to Saturday. First up, Geraldton Buccaneers at home to a Willardton Tigers who, if they want to be any chance of playing finals, have to win this game. I think the pace that the, the Bucks try and play at actually really suits um, Damien Scott. Yep. And I think that um, the Tigers will be able to push the pace. Um, the young young legs of uh, Lewis Thomas on the backboards uh, might be a bit too much for the for the the, the Bucks um, sort of aging front court. And I think the the Tigers have had some really good results in the last couple of weeks, and are really looking to um, finish off the West Coast Classic with a with a flurry. So I'm going to tip the Tigers at this one. As you, as you have talked about, very rarely do you tip against Geraldton at home, and they lost last week, and I think they would have been stung by that. So I think I think the Bucks might bounce back and get the win on their home floor. Now, next up, down in Bunbury, the Southwest Slammers hosting the Junilup Wolves. Yeah, I think the 
Wolves all come off a, uh, a win on uh, Friday night and uh, be ready to go for that one down there in Bunbury. Like I say, um, the old firm uh, really start to, to take hold of the game and put some uh, some good results on the board. And I just think that they'll be they'll be trying to make a push for a finals berth. That's unfamiliar territory for for those guys that have been there for sort of ten or so years um, to be fighting for a finals berth, not sitting at the top of the table, and mm-hmm. it's not a position that they'd be used to being in. And I think they they love that that ability to play finals basketball, and they know they've got to win every one from here on in. Yep, uh, I agree. They just can't afford to lose the Wolves, so it'll probably be a close game. But I still expect them to get the job done. Now, this is another another fascinating one. This one has plenty on the line. The Lakeside Lightning back on their home floor against the Warwick Senators. Uh, I think you know, there's too many ins and outs for Lakeside at the moment for me to, to tip them. Um, yep. uh, the result that they showed last week, um, you know, 61 three-pointers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think Davis, Ash Litterick, uh, even Cody Ellis, like the way these guys rebound the basketball, um, they'll cut off a lot of those out ones that they do get yep. Um, yep. and I just think yeah the class of the Senators 1 through 12 will just come to the fore um, they're, they're eyeing a championship they're in championship mode um, Justin King again pushing for an MVP type season um, and you know this is a success um, even though it's uh, it's only a half season the, the Senators championship company's bare and um, I think they're really making a strong charge for this I'm going to tip the Senators in this one yeah, I just think Lakeside will find a way to at least get one of these two games this weekend. So I think it's more likely to happen on their home floor. So I'll I'll, I'll pick the Lightning to, to get the win there and, and keep themselves in the finals hunt. Now, the next game should be interesting. An entertaining game, even if both teams aren't in the finals mix. Coburn Cougars hosting the Mandurah Magic. And what we've seen is when these, these sort of um, bottom half of the table teams are matched up, um, they are really, really high quality games. They mm. tend to, you know, there's, there's no um, sort of superstar, although, you know, we've put Gav in that, that category. But, um, it, you know, again, Gav, Gav being in this game, um, not just that he's spoken to us today, but I just think the Cougars are probably a little bit too organised and a, a little bit too much talent on the floor. So I'll get the Cougars in this one. Yeah, me too. Coburn for me. Now, the last game of the round. And it's another one with finals implications. Goldfields Giants are at home. If they want to be any hope of playing finals, they have to win this. But if the Perth Redbacks want to stay in the top four, they have to win this game too. So it's a, a massive game in Kalgoorlie. I think this one is going to go um, to the way of the Giants, um, simply because, um, well, two reasons. The Twin Towers are just dominating at the moment, and I don't think the Redbacks have anyone that can match up on them. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, I really like that backcourt that they've got up there. I think they are two big, strong defenders. Uh, one of them's going to go to uh, Marshall Nelson, and it's going to go to Caleb White, and uh, both give them a uh, nice welcome to Kalgoorlie. And um, I, uh, that, that alone, those, those matchups there on those wings will cut off the supply um, that CJ's been getting from those two. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we've seen, Wayne Creek's you know, doing a great job, um, and I think that they'll they'll get it up there, um, get a close one. Um, but I just think, yeah, they'll they'll, they'll unleash unleash the hounds onto Marshall Nelson and then Caleb White. Yeah, well, you make a great case, but I want us to be able to keep our competition interesting as well. So I'm going to go the opposite 
and pick the Perth Redbacks. Um, and I think Tevin Jackson, after his all-star snub by his coach, I think he'll put in a triple-double performance this week and lead the Redbacks to the win in Kalgoorlie. Gee, there's some, there's some massive matchups there. This is going to be a, a hell of a big two nights of West Coast Classic basketball, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, well, you couldn't have scripted it any better, really. No. Like, we've got games that mean something all the way through, and that was our big concern at the start of the, the West Coast Classic was that teams weren't going to be perhaps taking it seriously or it was going to be watered down. Um, yeah, here we are two weeks out and, you know, it can be four games across the weekend that really, really set up a, a finals campaign and what we're starting to see, you know, is, is guys are going after it and, and teams are taking it seriously and, um, a trophy and a banner hanging in your, your change rooms, um, looks better than a blank space on the wall. So I really think that we're going to see some good ones this weekend and, and hopefully it's what we've been waiting for. Yeah, I'm really excited too. Looking forward to taking in some of the action and bringing it all to you again next week here on SBL Shootaround. This has been a really fun show, Ben. Our all-star selections as coaches was was a lot of fun. Looking forward to now bringing back the results of that on next next week's show. Um, Gavin Field was a lot of fun to speak about and the West Coast Classic is just giving us so much to talk about as well. But that's it for this week. I'm Chris Bike. I'll I'll leave it there for for this week on SBL Shooting Round and leave leave you in the trusty hands of Ben Etridge. Greg, uh, down at the business end of the season, something that uh, I really really enjoy. And even though it's a, a shortened finals campaign, it's normally the whole month of August. But um, if you will take in these next two weeks and then the final series, we've got four weeks of quality basketball left, and really excited to see. Um, the results, great to see some, some teams standing up and, and putting in a good show and, and the individual performances that keep coming from our young kids getting these opportunities and hopefully the exposure that comes as we, we head towards the NBL 1 um, is really setting us up for an exciting time. <laughs>